The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Happening this week on your favorite soap opera. It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right, so maybe my Elvis impersonation needs a little bit of work. But as you guessed, it's me, Dan Kroll, and welcome to a special, glitzy, high stakes Las Vegas edition of Soap Central Live. You know, it seems hard to believe, but we're just about 48 hours away from daytime's biggest night, the 37th annual Daytime Emmy Awards. This is part two of our special Daytime Emmy preview, and in this hour, you'll find out who has the best chance to win a Daytime Emmy, and you'll find out why I voted the way that I did. Plus, one of the producers of this year's Daytime Emmy telecast will give us a sneak peek at what we can expect from this year's ceremony, which airs Sunday night on CBS. I feel like we should have some sort of dramatic voiceover to introduce my guests like they do on the awards show, but it's just me here, so hopefully my guests won't feel slighted that I'm doing the introductions. My first guest this week is a friend of the show. He first appeared on Soap Central Live back in March when we were discussing the Emmy pre-nominations. Well, he's back this week to go head-to-head with me as we discuss who we think will take home Emmy gold. Of course, I'm talking about soap journalist extraordinaire Michael Fairman, Michael, welcome back to Soap Central Live. How are you? Did you curl your lip when you did your Elvis? <laughs> I actually did. And I, I mean, you got to curl your lip, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I talked uh, a couple weeks ago when I was promoting this show. I mentioned that all of my guests this week would be dressed up as Vegas showgirls. So hopefully you've oh, done I'm your not. part. I'm sorry. I didn't... <laughs> All right. Well, that's I didn't get fine. that memo. I didn't get that memo. Uh, well, that's fine. We, you know, we're going to get right into it here and go right for the heart of the matter. Michael, it's confession time. How do you usually fare when it comes to picking the Emmy winners? Well, here's the deal. Uh, some of the actors will tell you that I have great Emmy karma, uh, such as I predicted Gina Tegnioni, I predicted Christian LeBlanc, I predicted Jeff Branson. I mean, I'm just thinking recent ones. And they will say to other people, oh, Fairman is good Emmy karma, which really weighs on me when I'm making my predictions. Oh, no. Imagine thinking, oh, God, they're going to think, the actor's going to say, I thought that. that." um, (laughs) But it becomes, I have to tell you, and I kind of wrote a couple bullet points to discuss with you. Um, This year is extremely hard. I'll tell you why. We've got shorter reels than I've ever seen before. Absolutely. You've got edited out scenes that they weren't allowed to do before. You've got many reels in my mind featured moments that I, I felt there may be a moment that was so overacted or awful and the rest of the reel is fantastic, or vice versa, mm-hmm. where you had a moment that was so great and the rest of the reel was so-so. And also right. this year, many people were, I think an interesting kind of through line is many people were nominated for shows they aren't on anymore. Absolutely. due to cancellation, being written off, fired, replaced. So when you ask me the question, how do I usually fare, I usually fare pretty good. <laughs> but this year there's a lot of variables 
words that weren't in there before. That's my disclaimer. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I'm, I'm hit or miss. My worst has been 2004 when I went 0 for 8. Um, we won't discuss that week. <laughs> I've had an 0 for 8 year. I <laughs> Good. I'm glad. And in 2008, I went 5 for 8. So we'll, we'll see. You know, now, before we get into anything really specific, uh-huh. were there any reels that were submitted by the nominees that really surprised you? Oh, many. Um, really? Many? Uh, there were some. You know, I, I, but then I understood, like, I guess I, what, what I mean by that is I wasn't necessarily expecting when I put the DVD in to watch it, that was not what I thought was going to come up. You know, like having not known. Gotcha. Um, so in that way it was. But then when I looked at them specifically, I can understand why they chose what they did. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm, what I'm trying to say. Okay. Now, something that I think a lot of people who watch soaps wonder is what exactly are the daytime Emmy voters looking for when they watch a reel and say, that's who I want to win the Emmy? Well, it's a very different kind of thing. You know, I, being here in Los Angeles, I had spoken to many actors and actresses, you know, who had judged certain categories. So you talk to people who had, who, let's say, actresses who judged lead actor, you know, and you've got actors judging actors. And, you know, I think they look for uh, acting tricks. Are they doing tricks? You know, how real is it to them? Does it resonate with them? How well is that real put together? I mean, does it work as a standalone? Can you understand it from beginning, middle, and end? Um, but I really think, talking to the actors, they're very, they're really looking at it from an acting standpoint, as far as the acting categories. Mm-hmm. You know, I really do think they're looking at that. Well, you know, before we get to the acting categories, let's start off with the other two in the big eight, well, I guess nine, nine. Yeah, writing and directing. Okay. I think that directing is, is a shoe-in, but let's start with writing. We have the nominees, All My Children, As the World Turns, The Bold and the Beautiful, and The Young and the Restless. Now, before we start, are we doing, like, who will win and who we think sh- we want? To- I mean, how do you want to do it? Is it who's- who we're predicting to win? Or let's say we'll predict who win. we think is going to win, and then we'll sort of rational- rationalize why we maybe think otherwise. Okay. All right. So, writing. You know, this was, I was floored when I saw all my children had submitted the Reese Bianca uh, wedding. Uh, you know, originally when I won Chuck Pratt being nominated, because this was the most hated storyline in daytime <laughs> last year. <laughs> that being said, I thought it was so funny because <clears throat> I remember watching the initial show going, God, Reese and Bianca's vows are so beautifully written. However, I can't see them because they keep <laughs> switching to the other story of course ryan all that but then you know you look at the writing and the writing wasn't that bad um for me as the world turns was very solid the abortion thing kind of bothered me i thought it was really kind of preachy and i i don't know that didn't work for me so that left me with ynr and bnb um i think it's going to go to bnb um because i think that story is a standalone story that's understandable that was written well right. Um, and we're talking about Betty White's The Dying of, uh, you know... Um, of course. The Douglas Ann. Um, and every time I watched the very end of that, I cried. And I, and I wanted to know, in preparation for today's show, I watched these reels multiple times. <laughs> Anyways, but then I went back and watched them because I knew we were talking today. I loved, personally, I thought Y&R was fantastic. I thought that real 
struck the right balance of all intersecting stories where I was completely interested in every beat of those stories. Hmm. So I'm predicting it's B&B. Now, it's interesting. I'm actually predicting it's going to be as the world turns. I didn't, call, I didn't think that it was the abortion story was maybe as preachy as what I thought it would be, but I thought that it was interesting to see some of the maybe real discussion. I did pick The Bold and the Beautiful as my second choice. Like you, I made the confession on the show a couple of times, sobbed uncontrollably at the end. I mean, who kills Betty White? It was so well done. Uh, I really think that that could be, um, you know, uh, has a really good chance to win. All My Children, it was an interesting choice for a submission. I just can't go there. So, <laughs> I mean, I, it was an interesting choice. But I just, I, I don't believe it. I think the other shows were stronger. I let's, think skip, I, you know. let's skip over to directing really quick. I, I'm not sure if you think it's as, as easy to pick as I do. Uh, I picked General Hospital. I thought that staging a massive carnival in the parking lot outside of the General Hospital studios and having runaway cars and cotton candy. There was cotton candy, Michael. And, you there know, Ferris, Ferris wheels and all kinds of stuff. I thought that that's not something that daytime does. And in order to direct that and make it look really good, you have to give them an Emmy. Oh, absolutely. I think it will be General Hospital. I think it should be General Hospital. I had one comment, and this is my one. Every reel I kind of found a bugaboo, just being super critical. The one thing that looked weird to me in the GH Carnival was Edward in the car and then plopping over and then beginning the car slowly mowing down the guard at the parking gate. It was like that just looked weird. Like his, That kind of looked twinky. And then when his foot went on it, it's like, how come his car's going so slowly past the guard, but then it accelerated like 100 miles faster when it went through the um, carnival itself? That bugged me. And I watched it again. I'm like, why do I hate that part? No, I thought about that, too. I thought but, that... But that's, but that's such a... I, but, I, but, I, but then when you look at how it was juxtaposed so brilliantly with the shooting with Spinelli and Johnny and the whole thing, it was such a beautifully done show. And as I will tell you later, I mean, that... One scene where Jason's looking for um, uh, the little one, Jake, is so great. So, yeah. I mean, other than the car thing, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's sort of like comparing a kiddie roller coaster maybe to Space Mountain. It should right. be going just, the car should be going just a little bit faster. The car just at the beginning just looks so dumb. But, but then it got faster, and then I went, okay. And then I, I guess the spoiler in this would be B&B. Um, it was a beautiful remote, That's and true. I thought the directing of the remote was great, but that was the remote. You know, the interior scenes, you can't go, wow. Oh, absolutely. Well, we're going to get into some acting, but it's going to have to come after the break. We'll be back with more of our Emmy predictions on a very special edition of Soap Central Live. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. 
Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Are you ready to go green? You've asked, and we've heard you. Voice America presents the Green Talk Network. Environmental topics are at the forefront of our society, and the Green Talk Network is here to keep you up to date on the latest trends and innovations for the eco-conscious lifestyle. We'll help promote a variety of ideas on the environment, from global warming issues to how you can become more eco-friendly in your daily activities. Be a part of the solution, not the problem. Visit the Green Talk Network page on voiceamerica.com and tune in to help spread the green. At last, a radio program dedicated to helping women look fabulous and feel fabulous naturally. You'll pick up tips on natural detox, learn about the benefits of whole foods, practice stress and relaxation techniques, and learn more about health, relationships, remedies, and self-motivation. Tune in to Feel and Look Fabulous with Arena. Broadcast live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We promise you, it's women's time well spent. Are you unhappy with your life? Looking to get unstuck from your rut? Are your fears of happiness, love, and success holding you back? You deserve a second chance. Tune in to Second Chances with Susan Armstrong. Each show will help you find your inner success. Whether it's financial success, relationship success, or the happiness and freedom in your personal life. You'll hear from Susan and some of the most influential guests who are talking the talk and walking that walk. Second Chances airs live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Welcome back, everybody, to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and I'm joined by... Michael Fairman, and we're talking about who we think 
will win daytime Emmys. Michael, we're ready to do some of the acting categories. Are you ready? No, I've taken my Xanax. Okay. <laughs> Let's start with younger actor. You alluded to earlier in the show that so many of the nominees are not with their shows. Four of the five nominees for Outstanding Younger Actor are no longer a part of the shows for which they're nominated. Yes. We have Drew Tyler Bell from The Bold and the Beautiful, Scott Clifton, One Life to Live, Zach Conroy for Guiding Light, Drew Garrett, General Hospital, and Dylan Patton for Days of Our Lives. Any initial thoughts on who you think will win? Well, I just want to say, also going back to my earlier statement, this was the shocker, a four-minute reel. Yeah. I mean, that kind of, I know everyone loves the scene where he cries about grace, and it was great. I just can't give somebody, I, I just can't. It's four minutes, come on. I mean, you need to have some substance here. I think it's really unfair. Well, to like, I just think there has to, if they're going to do this um, way of doing this in the future with editing scenes, there's got to be a time limit. There's got to be, you have to be. I agree. This just doesn't work for me. And we'll um, talk you know? about that certainly in the supporting actor category. Oh, that's uh, a whole other thing. Um, but here's the deal. I was really really impressed by Scott Clifton's reel. It was really a tour de force. It really stood alone. It was really him. It was You could see him going through a lot of emotional changes, and I was not prepared for that. I wasn't prepared for that. I really, really think he should win this. Um, I think Drew Garrett will win it, um, because I think when people are looking at the story and the fact that it was set up, with the flashback and getting what's going on, I think mm -hmm. it may be able to be understood more by the voters. But this really could go either way. But um, And the other spoiler I thought was Conroy, whose reel was very good, too. But to me, um, Clifton really had the better reel. But, um, you know, I've been touting Drew Garrett before that. So I picked Drew Garrett to win as well. Yeah. I think that, like you said, having a flashback in there... It wasn't his, uh, his doing, but it certainly is genius to have that in there because it lets everybody know who's watching what's going to happen for the rest of the scene. It started right at the beginning. I thought that was really, really well done. Now, I kind of, like you, I like Dylan Patton's scenes, but it was four minutes, and I don't know that... I just don't know that you can really give somebody an I don't know if you can minutes. do that. Like I said, his scenes were fine and good. I will say one of my... There were two reels that... Overall, I really disliked of all the Emmy um, things, and Drew Tyler Bells was one of them, because I couldn't understand what he was saying. I mean, I had trouble understanding him speaking. I just, oh, wow. It just wasn't one of my favorite performances. You know, to me, that was a weak one in the um, bunch, and nothing to say, take away from him overall, but compared to the other actors, it just didn't resonate with me, and that was a long reel. Well, there's an example of his reel was long, Absolutely. And I didn't have the same feeling I did as I did about Dylan Patton's. So. Let's move over to their female counterparts in The Outstanding Younger Actress. We have Julie Berman, General Hospital, Molly Burnett, Days of Our Lives, Shelley Hennig, a former guest on Soap Central Live from Days of Our Lives, Crystal Khalil from The Young and the Restless, and Marnie Schoenberg from As the World Turns. I have to tell you, <laughs> I ruled you. out Marnie <laughs> Right away. The scenes, it, the scenes were good, but it didn't, compared to some of the other scenes, I didn't get an emotional attachment. Well, here's my problem. And again, I wrote this down to tell you. I totally agree with you. In Marnie Schulenberg's reel, do you realize that Ed Fry had the big scene? Yeah. She picked a reel that a somebody else, this was mistake 101. She picked a reel that another actor had, that he had minutes 
of dialogue, that it was on his feelings about what he did and her just standing there. I mean, this was just, to me, wrong, and I don't get it. I mean, not good. So Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just, it, it didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me, but... I narrowed it down to three people. Well, let's first let's talk about Molly Burnett. It, it was a very atypical Emmy submission. It was sort of camp, not campy, but it was uh, it wasn't the drama that we expect from the soaps. I thought that Julie Berman went cuckoo really well. She did Rage incredibly well, where she could have been done just over the top and throwing and screaming and breaking things. I thought it was done really well, but in the end, I picked Crystal Khalil. Uh, I was incredibly touched by some of the. Uh, bedside conversations. I thought it was interesting to watch her loved ones try to prevent her from finding out more about her survival rate from cancer. Uh, I liked when she told her father to shut up and to leave her alone, and it sort of made me a little uh, little sad. Interesting. I kind of had a reverse feeling on that. Um, I did like when she said shut up, because it was the only real moment. I felt some of the writing on that was a bit pedantic and... and mm-hmm holier than thou in the cancer thing and it kind of took away from me from her and I was trying to really concentrate on her performance um, I actually shockingly have to tell you that I really enjoyed Molly Burnett's reel I was not expecting this I was expecting to think oh it's just a, you know kooky gooky but I didn't feel it was kooky gooky I felt it was really tamed down from her and really um, believable and I really really liked it Julie Berman um, you know, I was with you on the same three. It's like Berman, Burnett, Khalil. And Berman, um, again, I thought she was great. I thought it was a lot of one note, all the same thing. But I have a feeling in my mind the voters are going to go again for Julie Berman. I just think they're going to pick her. Okay. Um, but I'm saying that with a disclaimer that it could be Khalil, and I've got Burnett as who I think should Shock the world. <laughs> if you pick three, it's a pretty good chance of me no, getting one of the Berman five. I know. You're asking my prediction. I think they're going to go with Berman. Okay. Let's go over to something that I alluded to just a minute ago, the supporting actor category. We have someone who was nominated who was in 33 minutes of footage. The nominees are Bradford Anderson from General Hospital, Ricky Paul Golden, All My Children, Jonathan Jackson, General Hospital, Brian Kerwin, One Life to Live, and Billy J. Miller, the 32-minute man from The Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. You should want me to talk? Okay, uh, here's the thing. This category is the most amazing group of performances of the year. This category, all five of these performances are great. There isn't a bad one in the bunch. However, the problem is what you're saying. I mean, the longest reel, Billy Miller, that is the starring Christian LeBlanc reel from last year. That is did not feel supporting to me. Certainly, if you're looking at that, it doesn't feel like a supporting performance to you. You're looking at someone who carried the lead in a whole show, which kind of is, you know, difficult. But Mm -hmm. I really have to tell you, I watch these again and again and again. It is so tough to call as far as who really I think should win. Um, Brian Kerwin's reel to me is the absolute right length. Like, that length is the length everyone should be. Ricky Paul Golden's was great. It was too short. They almost, I agree. There were scenes edited. I almost feel like he took out some. Like, here's a question for you. There was a scene where he was so great. He was, and I loved him. And I loved him in these scenes. So real. So great. There was a moment when he was standing there with Tad and um, um, Crystal, and then the next moment, Crystal was not even there. I and know. Almost like something was 
weird. Either she really wasn't there or they edited. I don't know what happened there. Jonathan Jackson, he always makes you cry. The scene was short, but that scene was the one every time he said that he wanted his dad there, it made you cry. Bradford Anderson, fantastic. It was so great to see Spinelli with a backbone, and he rose to the occasion. And Billy Miller's Billy Miller. I mean, it's really tough. I personally think that they're going to go with Miller, but I don't think that should be. I think Kerwin, Jackson, Golden all gave fantastic performances. I mean, it's that close to me. Well, I have to ask you uh, what you think about Bradford Anderson in terms of people who are watching this reel who have no idea why Spinelli speaks the way that he does. Does that sort of work against Bradford in uh, getting an Emmy? I don't think so. I think that you kind of get, I, I mean, you have to be kind of, well, I say this, <laughs> you have to be kind of dumb. I mean, you have to figure out he's kind of the way his vernacular was through that whole thing. I think you could see, I mean, he, he, what was interesting is through his vernacular and how he spoke, you could see the great pain he was in. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, it was really good. But I got to tell you, these guys were so great. I watched Kerwin, Golden, and Jackson back-to-back last night again, and I still went, oh, my God. You know, I just wish they were longer, Golden and Jackson's reel. I do, I, you too. Know? But Brian Kerwin was fantastic, too. Let's go to supporting actress so we don't quite run long on time. The nominees are Beth Chamberlain from Guiding Light, Carolyn Hennessy from General Hospital, Julie Pinson, As the World Turns, Bree Williamson, One Life to Live, and Arianne Zucker from Days of Our Lives. I have to tell you, that I had a pretty hard time picking in here. I'm still having a hard time picking. Go ahead. I was a little distracted by Zucker's reels in that they, there were a lot of weird, like, 10-second clips. I don't know where they came from or why they came from, but they, they, they distracted me. It kind of drove me crazy. I worry that with Williamson, I worry that folks won't really understand why she has glasses on and is, is, if they don't follow the altars, they may not know what's going on. I was disappointed with Julie Pinson's clip. I really thought she should have picked the, the one that we talked about earlier that Ezra Turns did for writing with the abortion scenes. I thought she put in really good performances. Uh, in the end, I picked Brie Williamson. Uh, I, my second choice is either Beth Chamberlain or Carolyn Hennessy. I worry that their, if voters vote strictly for drama, they may vote against Carolyn, who I know is a guest on your podcast. The co-host. <laughs> co-host. Yes. Yeah. Let me, you know, you're so spot on. I'll, I'll try to say this succinctly and quickly because we have a lot to get through. Bree Williamson, she was my original. Like, I, when I saw this performance back in 2009 in June with Erica Slazek, that was the best. I voted that as the best moment of the year, bar none. And they both were fantastic. When I looked at the reel as it kept happening, and I watched it over and over again, you know, Erica Slazek really does some amazing work, and it's hard to focus that because Bree's contained, contained, contained through it right. until finally the big ending. So it's problematic if you don't get it. It is problematic, which I hope doesn't hinder her. Beth Chamberlain, I loved her reel. People are saying she's going to win. I didn't personally like the beginning with Coop when she screamed. Ah, I liked it later. Carolyn <laughs> Hennessy, I thought was a perfect, perfect comedy reel. It had beginning, middle, end, you understood yeah. it. Zucker, I thought, I thought same thing, disjointed, and all I saw was too much crying. And if you don't know what's going on, you don't know. Why is she crying every single scene? Yeah. And Pinson, I had not enough juice in the reel. So I'm with you. This is a conundrum. I kind of, 
I'm wondering if Carolyn's going to win because it's such a, you know, it's like you got it. It's a comedy. It's compact. You get it. Uh, but I think Beth or Bree really should win. It's, How's that for a lame answer? No, it's, I, I don't know. It's really tough, Dan. I'm really not, I'm not being my Michael Fairman. I'm sure of this one. I'm not. Well, I'm saving I'm the really tough ones for next. Let's do lead actor. We have Peter Bergman from The Young and the Restless, Doug Davidson from The Young and the Restless, John Lindstrom, I'm amazed this is his first ever nomination for As the World Turns, Michael Park, As the World Turns, and James Scott, Days of Our Lives. Who do you think stands the best chance to win? You know, I hate answering this because I'm, I'm close with a lot of these actors, but um, <clears throat> I really, my gut is saying that the way the Emmy voters go, that Peter Bergman is going to win this. Uh, he's the consummate artist. Mm-hmm. The scene where he lays into Miller makes Miller look like a bad actor, which is yeah. hard to do. I thought he looked really bad next to Bergman. That's how good he was. And However, I have seen Peter Bergman do this work before. So in other words, what I'm saying is you know Bergman. When he steps up, he does it, he hits it out of the park, but I've seen it before. But I think they're going to go with that. Um, personally, I've said this, I really want Michael Park to win. Um, I really enjoyed that whole performance last year. Some people had told me that they had an issue that, you know, when he shot and killed his brother, it may be in their minds that they hadn't seen what became, came before after those scenes, that it should have registered even harder in his scenes. You should have seen more pain than you saw from him. But again, you're seeing that out of context. You're not seeing what happened before it or after it. It's so hard to vote on just one episode it's without impossible. knowing what was going on. Now, it's for impossible. Me, for me, I was, I was touched by James Scott. I thought that some of the scenes in there, I thought he had some really good angry scenes. And, of course, the ending where you're, you have a father talking to a dead baby in a morgue, just kind of heartbreaking. But my other choice to win is Michael Park. Yeah. I really kind of want him to win. Yeah. Uh, I think that, you know, he should have won before. Yeah. I was a little disappointed by John Lindstrom's Emmy reel. It didn't move me in any type of way. I had kind of bored low-key, but I, I kind of was like, it's low-key, but I guess you can see why I got nominated, but it was like, all right. And Doug Davidson's was too short for me. Too Peter short. Bergman, you're right. It's, it's, Peter Bergman always can put in a good performance, so I kind of just ruled him out for, for that particular reason. And we have time for lead actress before we have to take another break, so let's quickly go through this. That's oh, the hardest one for oh, me. Oh, jeez, you're making me do the hardest one. Okay. Sarah Brown, General Hospital, Crystal Chappelle, Guiding Light, Bobby Eakes, All My Children, Michelle Stafford, The Young and the Restless, and Mara West, As the World Turns. I'm going to make you go first. <laughs> oh, I hate you for this. I know who you're picking, by the way. I read. Oh, okay. <laughs> I know who you're picking. But, and I can tell you, look, here's the deal. This was a fantastic category. These reels were fantastic. I, I will tell you, Sarah Brown's was really the most inventive reel selection, I thought. I mean, here was tough as nail bitch, you know, lost her baby, you felt bad for her, and she played everything. Mara West, the, I didn't love the intervention, but I loved her. I did, and her, I loved her in this. It's one of my favorite Mara West reels of all time, actually. And, like, turning out like her father and all the things that she went that, through. It got me... I was crying. I loved it. Michelle Stafford, you can't, I mean, it's Michelle Stafford. It was a fantastic performance. It really was. Very, too, she, 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 she did circles around Joshua Morrow because he had no lines, but you could just see how she did it. Bobby Eakes, it was short. <laughs> it felt yeah. short to me. Again, why did I feel it was short? And then Crystal uh, Chappelle. 
the one thing about Crystal, you know, Crystal's understated. It was beautiful. It was the moment of the year when she declared her love for Olivia at the graveside. Everybody remembers that. Absolutely. The one thing that bugged me was Guiding Light has this penchant for putting the wrong music stings at the end of these dramatic scenes. It's like, I love you, and then dee 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 dee. I mean, it was like horrible. Same with Beth Chamberlain. was like, the guitar music would come in. It was like, no, you're right. But I'm going, I'm going with Crystal to win should win on a very tough category that could go one of four ways. There you go. I really would not be upset if any of these actresses will. Obviously, by the at way, least either. one of them will win. They're all great. Bobby Eakes, you have a, a mother confessing that she sold her child. Mara West, again, I, I wasn't really thrilled with the whole intervention mm-hmm. idea. It seems like it's done everywhere. But she was so good. She was. Um, it was understated, then it was emotional, then it was, it was just really, really that. good stuff. Mm-hmm. Sarah Brown's, mm. she had emotion that didn't strike me as being crazy. No. It was real, it felt good. Uh, and then Crystal Chappelle, I, mean, I, I want her to win for the scenes because it is one of the most memorable scenes in daytime for last year. But in the end, since you already know who I picked, Sarah Brown. Uh, I did pick Sarah Brown with Which is a great West choice. As a, as a close second Morrow West. You know, and I'm telling you it could be one of four people. I'm picking Crystal, but I don't know, you know? I guess we'll find out. Now, in true soap opera fashion, we're going to handle outstanding drama series, but we're going to do it later in the program. So, Michael, will you stick around? Yes, I'm going to get a drink. because (laughs) I think I may need one, too. We're going to get some drinks, and we'll be back with more of Soap Central Live after the break. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Get ready for a show that breaks ground on the subject of women in motorsports and what it takes to dream, believe, achieve. Gas and Go with Alio is all about the movement that is happening lightning fast in women's racing. You'll get a wide array of perspectives from the drivers to the fans, as well as what it takes to be a role model in a male-dominated sport. Join your host, professional driver Allie Owens, for Gas and Go with Allie O. Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Power Up Motorsports Channel. Hey, soap fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews, or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow.
These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. are tuned in today with Soap Central Live, starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to our special Daytime Emmy preview here on Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll, and Michael Fairman is still on the line with us, but we're going to bring in my next guest, who is one of the producers of this year's Daytime Emmy telecast. Now, you may remember his name from last year when he swooped in and helped to rescue the Daytime Emmys from being held in my living room. Please welcome Jim Romanovich to Soap Central Live. Jim, thanks for dropping by. <laughs> thanks for having me, and uh, I'm glad I was able to swoop in. But it was not a one-man band, so you've got to give a lot of credit to David McKenzie, who you know, empowered me to do what I had to do. Absolutely. Now, I know a lot of soap fans who have listened here and are certainly posting on SoapCentral.com. They want to know, who is this guy, and why does he seem to care so much about the daytime Emmys? Um... I assume you're referring to me. That would um, be you. <laughs> you know, again, I, um, I've been a fan of daytime, of the soaps in particular, for a long time. You know, I started off wanting to be an actor. I went to college and got my degree in theater. And uh, when I was in college, I, 1981, 82, in that era there, I, and even before that, uh, my girlfriend in that summer of 81, if I recall, would not go anywhere at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I had to sit with her and watch this soap that she liked called General Hospital. I was like, oh, God, okay, i got to watch General Hospital for one hour. And then, of course, it was the, the, they were doing a lot of remotes at that point, and they, it was the Ice Princess story, and I'm looking at this thing, and there's this Australian guy that kind of reminds me of James Bond, and uh, there's this other long-haired, shaggy-haired guy that's running around, you know, trying to do something with an 
an ice princess and somebody's freezing a city. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this is a soap opera, right? I'm not watching James Bond. I'm not watching, you know, like a sci-fi channel special. Well, there was no sci-fi channel there, but you know what I mean. It's, right. It was unlike anything that, in my mind, uh, that I knew soap operas to be. Now, my mother uh, was a huge fan of As the World Turns and Guiding Light. I mean, she watched those shows religiously. And those shows had, a, had in, especially in the 70s, they had a particular rhythm to them that uh, was, was very much of, I think, more of her generation. You know, for me, I was, you know, I was an action guy. You know, I liked, you know, I was a teenage guy. I wanted right. action movies, Rocky, Jaws, you know, James Bond movies and so forth. And that really hit with me. And it not just hit with me. When I was in college, it, my whole dormitory was watching General Hospital at that point, wow. all the way through Luke and Laura's wedding. I mean, you can hear the different floors cheering when, you know, he, got, <laughs> he typed Ice Princess into that machine, you know. So uh, that's, that's where it got to start. And I've okay. been a fan ever since. Um, I'm trying to make a long story a little bit shorter now. Okay. I, um, uh, John Riley played Sean Donnelly on General Hospital was uh, a friend of the family and he invited me to come to Los Angeles and I came to the set I met everybody and I was really taken in by the work ethic of what the soap operas were all about I mean it's I think it's the toughest art form out there you know I agree with you much much more than Broadway Broadway you got one play you're doing for six weeks six months or whatever but with a daytime drama you're doing a one-act play every day and that's very tough well, I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of drama, at least uh, off-screen. The Daytime Emmys, of course, in just two days, will be in Las Vegas. Yes. Can you give us a little teaser at maybe what we can expect, what fans can expect when they tune into the telecast, of course, Sunday night on CBS? Well, yeah, I can tell you that uh, you know we're back on CBS, and we're not on a Friday night like it had been for the last several years, notwithstanding the CW last year. Uh, it's on Sunday night, 9 to 11 p.m. It's a great time to be on. It's their awards night. And part of the reason that CBS got involved was because of the Las Vegas contingent. We had to imp- we had to. Uh, we had to step up where we were last year. You know, I, I believe last year we brought back what people remember the daytime Emmys to be, mm-hmm. it was kind of a, 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 a dignity, you know, a classic, you know, uh, Radio City Music Hall type feel to it. And we had brought in some performance uh, aspect to it with Vanessa Williams. It was very important. And because of that, CBS, who was very much involved with the CW, really perked up. Not only did they perk up, but I had a lot of other people perking up, including Las Vegas. And once those two elements got together, CBS says, Las Vegas is interested, we're in. And all of it just seemed to come together. And there's, there's a certain synergy, and even though there's never been any daytime Emmys or anything in, in Las Vegas and people are trying to connect the synergy to it, there is a synergy between what daytime's all about and what Vegas is all about, the glitz and the glamour Absolutely. and the games and all of that stuff. It's all the fun and, and stuff with daytime. And uh, we still have daytime gives back, so there is that element to it that I think is very important for the show, and that will be a, a very big part of the show. And I... I believe there won't be a dry eye in the house when they watch that segment. Good. Um, and, you know, we're saluting Dick Clark, who's turning 80 this year, and American Bandstand, and Ryan Seacrest is presenting that segment. Uh, so it's, it, that's also going to be a very moving segment, because I don't think you'll see that again in daytime uh, or in television at all. But the soaps are definitely being represented with all my children, with As the World Turns especially. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say this, that it's... 
because of Las Vegas, you've got one more year with the daytime Emmys for sure. Had it not been for Las Vegas, you probably wouldn't have had a daytime Emmys this year for television. That, I think, then, definitely soap fans are going to be thanking you and everyone who's involved in this. Well, I hope so. Still I, love to see know, our soap. I, I hope they enjoy it. You know, they, they don't have to thank me or anybody. I just, I just want them to enjoy it and, and know that they're watching an entertainment-driven show that will have a great representation of their soap stars in it. Because you have to understand there's only seven soaps, soon to be six, unfortunately. Right. Uh, and 85% of the time is, is de- in the Emmys is dedicated to those seven shows. So it's very you know, they're, true. They're very well represented here, but you know, again, being the daytime Emmys, we do have to focus on other things that are daytime, which includes game shows and talk shows and morning shows and, and so forth. And those are increasing as we go along. But we do understand as a group that people, I think, viewers tune in mostly for the soaps. I think that that's true. I know personally I'm really excited about the Dick Clark and American Bandstand tribute being, of course, from Philadelphia. There's still sure, a that's special, special yeah. uh, place in our hearts for Dick Clark. And, of course, the Lifetime Achievement Award will be given out to Agnes Nixon. I think that's going to be good. And I don't know if you're aware, but since we found out that the Emmys would be in Las Vegas, we've been doing a promotion to donate money to the Daytime Gives Back, and we will be presenting a check to Daytime Gives Back uh, on Emmy night just to make sure that uh, soap fans and SoapCentral.com, that we do our part to make sure that we make a difference for people. I, I was aware of that, and uh, we thank you very, very much for that. And everybody from Mattis, I'm sure, in the Daytime community, and certainly Feed the Children and, uh, and Associated Television, we thank you very, very much for your kindness. Thank you so much. Uh, it, it's Absolutely my pleasure. Now, we have to put you on the spot, Jim. We have one more category (laughs) left, and we're going to be bringing Michael back into this. It is the Outstanding Drama Series. The nominees for Outstanding Drama Series this year are All My Children, The Bold and the Beautiful, General Hospital, and The Young and the Restless. Michael has already been on the spot a couple of times, so we're going to start with you, Jim. Who do you think is going to win Outstanding Drama Series? And in disclosure, of course, you don't know who's going to win because the results are sealed. Yes, honestly, I don't know who wins. I mean, the accountants keep that under lock and key, and uh, I would definitely be before a firing squad before they would get that. <laughs> um, sorry, are you asking me who I think or who I think should win or who I think will win? How about both? Who should win and who do you think will win? Um, I think, and again, we're going for, this is 2009, correct? That is correct. Well, I think General Hospital will win. Uh, I'm not sure if they should. Uh, if, if the voting went through, let's say, April of this year, then I would say, yeah, General Hospital, definitely, because I think the beginning of 2010 was really a turning point for General Hospital. I think it started in September with uh, the, the carnival and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a lot of things before that that were kind of shaky uh, with General Hospital. This is my opinion. Okay. Uh, I've always been entertained by The Bold and the Beautiful, and I think The Bold and the Beautiful could very easily squeak out another one. The Young and the Restless, uh, I think, came on strong in the latter part of uh, 2009, and uh, I think they're the best uh, soap that tells the best storytelling soap out there by far. So, I think General Hospital will win. You know, I'm a General Hospital fan, so I I am going to be picking General Hospital again. However, I think Bold and the Beautiful could do another upset. I don't think Young and the Restless is going to win it. 
And you don't even want to talk about all my children. No, I think all my children, and uh, you know, and I, I love <laughs> I, I love those not, guys yeah. over there very much. But I don't think they had a good year last year. I well, don't. Let's, let's see what Michael has to say. I know he has some very strong opinions on this. And oh yes, Phoenix I do. Andy. Okay, but since we're because well, we're we're voting on one episode, and since the voters are seeing one episode in the blue ribbon panel, I'm going only on that. Jim's points are really on point about. 2010 and who had what year, but unfortunately we're voting on one episode. And I have to, I, it's going to be General Hospital. They're going to win this. The upset is B&B. I think they're the squeaker again, just like Jim said. But nothing really, as I said before, the Carnival episode was really well done. I Again, I go back to the scene with Steve Burton wandering around looking for Jake and some great dramatic moments in there interspersed with great directing and the way it looked. It really, and the shootings going on with the Zakara family, I thought that was great. B&B, to me, on the outside, because you've got the storyline um, with Betty White and the dignity with dying, and that could be their second win in a row. Y&R's episode did not resonate with me, the heart transplant story. I didn't, it didn't like it. It didn't like it from the first time I saw it. I felt it was kind of predictable, and it didn't resonate with me when I watched it. Why didn't I cry? Why didn't I feel anything? I just, <laughs> I just, I just didn't. And all my children... Honestly, guys, I just didn't, I never cared about this, this who killed Adam slash Stewart story, so it just did, I didn't care. So General Hospital will win and should win. Yeah, and I agree with you about the heart transplant story, and, uh, you know, I, and I, I, love think it, I think it weakened it Victor as a character at that point, too. Yeah, I didn't, it's like, why save him you yeah. know, at that point? It was like, I didn't buy it. And well, if, if, if I was writing, and, I, and nobody's asked me, <laughs> but uh, I would not have given Victor that condition to begin with, uh, yeah. because you don't want your I, strongest character to be weak in that way. Definitely. And for me, since everyone I'm sure wants to know if we can break the tie here, I picked the bold and the beautiful. I have some minor asterisks next to it. Uh, I thought that there were some moments in their reels that were a little over the top, uh, but it was... You know, the ending was great. I thought that the, the message in the storyline was great. I thought that there was something that definitely could resonate with a lot of people, particularly as people are living longer and you know, many of our, our friends and families are, are dealing with the issue of letting someone choose to die. I am an All My Children fan at heart. I, I know cannot, you are. <laughs> I cannot give them the win. Uh, I thought that they really tried with some fun camera work, and, and if anything, they may be more deserving of a directing had General Hospital not been in. But like you, The Young and the Restless didn't resonate with me. I thought that they did a disservice by playing the Y&R theme song at the end because they should have left that alone when they killed off Cassie uh, a bunch of years <laughs> back. That was <laughs> the best ever. They should yeah. never have tried to do it again. But again, General Hospital put together something that was really unlike anything that we've seen in daytime before. The carnival, the, I'm stuck on this cotton candy, I don't know why. The cotton candy, the rides, the shooting, the, it, it was great. Nancy Lee Gron and Martha Byrne wearing the same clothes, and then one of them gets run out. I mean, it's good. <laughs> you know, they say it's a crime to wear someone else's outfit, and apparently, it is. You know, apparently they proved it. So we have about, oh, a minute. Is there any, let's start with Jim. You can have uh, some of the time. Anything else that you can say or sort of uh, 
encourage people to want to tune into the daytime Emmy telecast on Sunday. Yeah, I'm going to say this, that uh, first of all, we're delivering an entertainment-driven special, and I've got to make that clear, because nobody is, you know, you just can't have award after award after award after award. Otherwise, if you're going to do that, you might as well just have a, a, put it on a DS and have it at the Beverly Hilton and make the whole creative arts uh, dinner the entire show. Um, we have to entertain people in order to keep the daytime Emmys relevant. So uh, I think they're going to see that. It is a Vegas Salutes daytime, which is what CBS very much wanted. We want it. And they're going to be incorporated into daytime. They're not taking over the show. They're incorporated into what we're doing in the show. And you'll see it, and it's very, very funny. Uh, so it's. I think that, I'll say this, you know, if this is the last one, and it could very well be, because I don't think we're going to be back next year. But if it is the last one, we're going to go out on top with a very entertaining show. If it's not the last one, then we're going to give you something that I think can build to, a, to an even greater show next year, Perfect. You know, perhaps. Well, thank you. And, Michael, you have about 10 seconds. Who is the, of your picks, <laughs> of your picks, which one is the most likely to win? Oh, um, <laughs> General Hospital. But, you know, I just wanted to, I, I, this is the thing. There's so many great move, moments that could happen here with the actors. If a Guiding Light actor wins, if As a World Turn actors win, if Chappelle wins, it's about the gay story. I mean, there's so many great moments that could potentially happen with acceptance speeches here, too, that I think this could be a really interesting Emmys. But General Hospital, I think, is a lock. All right. Well, I want to thank my guests this week. First, of course, Michael Fairman for dropping by and peering into his Emmy crystal ball. You can check him out as... He talks to the best and brightest from the world of soaps at michaelfairmansoaps.com and, of course, also to Jim Romanovich from Associated Television International. And speaking of the daytime Emmys, don't forget to tune in to this year's daytime Emmys Sunday at 9 p.m. on CBS. Check your local listings for the channel in your area. If you're a fan of daytime television, you'll definitely want to tune in and support the genre. Definitely. And for complete Absolutely. coverage of the daytime Emmys, be sure to visit SoapCentral.com. And I hear they're playing the music, which means I have to get off the stage. So until next time, I'm Dan Kroll signing off on another edition of Soap Central Live. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.